Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of The Snapshot. We're your hosts. My name is Brendan Patrick, and I'm joined by none other than Marvel Snap Phenom, Cam Best. The Snapshot is a Marvel Snap podcast focused on the competitive side of the game. For episode 17, we'll be diving into the big changes that occurred on April 18th's patch, which included card uh, changes to matchmaking, kitty pride compensation, card rebalancing, and more. We'll also be going over top five, or at least some of the f- a selection of five decks that we think are performing really well right now to help you hit infinite in the end of the season here. Let's get into it. All right, Cam, your week in Marvel Snap. Um, frustrating, but ultimately better than it could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that I'm playing humans again. It's awesome. It's so cool to be playing human beings again. What I don't love is that, the, like, literally the first game, the first stream I did on the new patch. I played the same person 13 times in a row. Mm, I had a five. first stream. I hit five. Right off. five was uh, five was my my top was five in a row. And it's like, it's not that bad. It's just like, if I wanted to play battle mode, I would play battle mode. And this is my own weakness because other people that play a bunch of games against me in a row will switch decks. Mm-hmm. But I won't because that feels like admitting that I lost. <laughs> so so like i'll just like be playing an unfavorable matchup for 13 games in a row and i'm just like this sucks come on <laughs> so you i mean the specific words you, you said was like it feels good to be playing humans again what is the ratio of humans to bots you are now playing in ladder oh like 90 10 90 human or yeah oh that's great so i mean this is this- you know it's, it's humans it's just like the same five humans Yep. Okay. I mean, so that's def- I'm very reliant on other people no lifing the game. <laughs> Definitely a huge <laughs> a huge upgrade to the system that we've been complaining about for a long time. Maybe yes. not perfect quite yet because of the um, you know, matching into the same person, but that could just be a function of your high MMR, high collection level, yes. and the lack of people. Uh, maybe in infinite right now, or at least in your MMR bracket. Um, I just think I just think that sucks though, right? Like what what the game is so focused on protecting people from me that it ignored me. Mm. like that's the way i think about it right like they're like what i figure once you're an infinite why do you need that protection yeah i um yeah so i was also matching into the same people also not playing bots um I didn't really notice a difference in my experience because I hadn't been in bot ELO previously. I would kind of hit infinite and then I would either just mess around or stop playing for the month, to be honest, um, because I'm not streaming. But so for me, the experience seems the same. It seems like there's potentially less bots, but I have noticed uh, definitely a big difference in the frequency in which I will play the same person, even though it seems like I'm in the same kind of matchmaking experience. It does feel like that parameter, whatever protection you had against playing the same person, if that existed, uh, does not seem to be there anymore, or at least it's been tweaked in some sort of way. Overall, uh, I think that's a, it's a fantastic change. I'm happy that you're able to actually play ladder, even if it is some weird version of ladder where you just play the same person. I'm happy that you have that available again, because I do think that yeah. the previous system was so broken it was like hilarious that it was, it was still alive at that point um for my weekend snap uh yeah i've been playing honestly i've been playing a lot of galactus which we'll get into because uh the, there's a new list that's pretty fun out there you posted it of course i also played this new game called wild frost which is surprisingly very very good it's a single player roguelike deck builder which you know it's like slay the spire i usually hate those games uh at least i didn't like slay the spire i thought it was i just ca- kind of got bored this game 
is really freaking good, Cam. It's very addicting, and I actually think it's way better than Slay the Spire. I just wanted to mention it because it came out, and I know on Twitter people have been freaking out. You getting out paid? No, not at all. Not getting paid. Oh, I just, you shouldn't have mentioned that then. You shouldn't have mentioned that shit. You don't mention that unless you're getting paid. I if if I enjoy something that much, I think that it's you know maybe once or mm. twice a year that'll Mm-mm. happen. Mm-mm. You don't have to pay me. I think, but Cam, if you do have free time, which I know you don't, you should check it out because I think you would you'd probably enjoy it. It's you're, uh, you're, 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 tell him to pay me. Tell him to pay. <laughs> I'll send. I'll forward him the contact info. I'll forward him the. You contact. know that you know that you know that reaction, Jeff. Like, tell him send me my money. <laughs> that like little video that gets linked on Twitter a lot of the football coach that that's me right now. Send me my $50 so I can justify doing this to myself. You don't even have to send me a lot of money. Just like just like enough that I don't have to betray what I consider like the content creator's code, which is mm. never do anything for free because you're undermining the other people who wouldn't be. Like, send- I don't know. That, that, that's that's my that's my I stand on that. I'll, I don't do uh, shit for free. Invo- Whenever I drink a beverage on stream, I cover up the label yep. like you do not I don't do shit for free uh i'll send him an invoice after all right let's get into the news <laughs> uh first off there was a big there was a big uh at least like the big is tournament i think in terms of the biggest the biggest tournament in terms of prize pool which was held in um switzerland biggest tournament in terms of prize pool definitely not the biggest tournament in terms of entrance mm-hmm, for sure i think was it invite only or was it open I don't know, but I it was like a land that was in Europe, which mm-hmm. obviously means that like a lot of people can't go to a land in Europe. Yeah. Well, the main reason I want to bring it up is Moyen, who was on the podcast last week, got second in that tournament. We'll be going over some of the lists that he he brought to the tournament. But uh, yeah, I mean, some of the top performing lists there were a bit of a tweak on some of the current Patriot lists that are running around, specifically running Super Skull, which was sort of a meta call for tournament. It's Gunny Patriot, but with Shocker. And Super Scroll mm-hmm. over Shang-Chi and thing. Yeah. Um, and also, oh no, he cut Leech. He cut Leech for Cosmo. I did not cut Leech, though. I'm still a Leech believer. <laughs> Leech believer, that, yeah. li- that list was something that uh, he kicked around in uh, for, for a while, and it just seems like a very elegant solution to the Sandman list. Uh, I, I may be one step behind him, or maybe I'm one step ahead, but at least on ladder, I'm still playing Leech. I think in a tournament, Cosmo makes a lot more sense when you have a defined idea in open deck lists of mm-hmm. what your opponent is reasonably going to Cosmo. Uh, so like when you're in open deck lists, you like, you know exactly how useful your Cosmo is or is not going to be. Whereas on ladder, it's just like, oh, I ran into Hella, I'm dead. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so we're recording this on the 23rd where the hot location is, uh, is it Monster Metropolis where it spawns the nine drop? Um, so I'm, instead of playing Cosmo, playing Shang-Chi there. So yeah, I mean, it's just a text slot. Right. You can swap it's it around. It's a card. Yeah. You, we play whatever card. Um, Cam, you were correct on your prediction for Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride is coming back for free, but if you did buy it, you do get 8,000 tokens plus an avatar. It wasn't even a prediction. It wasn't even a prediction. It was like wish casting. Wish casting. Like, it was like, it wasn't a prediction. It wasn't forecasting. It was like, I don't think this makes sense for them to do, but they should do it anyway because it would make people look stupid for calling them greedy. Mm-hmm. Good like, PR. That, that was really where I was going with it. Yeah. Yeah. Good PR. So if you did buy it, you get the extra 2,000 tokens on top, but you also get an exclusive or what seems to be exclusive uh, avatar of Kitty Pride. It's not going to be exclusive forever. Forever? Okay, good. Okay, good. It's going to be in boxes at some point. I had some FOMO with that. I was like, damn, that's going to be the avatar to have. Um, There was a shop revamp, so now you have an ultimate skin in the shop, a weekly spotlight, and your Series 5. Four or five rotation, which I think includes Series 3 if you're in Series 3. Yeah, definitely an upgrade. I think that the one-card shop, especially not getting the 
you know, if you if you didn't do the refresh correctly, sometimes you wouldn't get the new card, even with the new with the previously changed system. And yeah, this is a massive upgrade. I enjoy it. Cam, still same opinion, I assume, on ultimate variants. They are in a funny spot. I have so many tokens now that might, maybe not one. the same opinions, mm. but I, I just like I don't think any of the variants have been like mind blowing enough for me to do it. They're all good. Yeah, they're good. But like none of them are like I need to blow blow. I need this. I need mm. to blow my money on this. None of them are like that. Yeah, I think that the people who buy ultimate variants have done it as a way to engagement farm on Twitter. Seems to be seems to be the going <laughs> thing for ultimate variants. There was a there was a game board update which I actually didn't know this was coming. I just booted up my game and I was like, "Wow, this looks a lot better." I I like it. What do you think? Are you a fan? It's like the classic. You know how like every movie poster is orange and blue, mm-hmm. and like it uses those tones. Now now your Marvel Snap board looks like that too. <laughs> so. Classic design. Yeah. Um, and then of course the the rank changes. So outside of what Cam and I have already said, infinite players now only play against infinite. So that is one of the biggest changes. So on your climb up, no longer can complain, why am I matching against infinite people? I think that the climb might be harder, <laughs> to be honest. The potentially. I, I, I've got a theory. Here's my theory is that most of the people that were complaining about infinite people didn't understand that it doesn't actually matter. Right. Yeah. Like I'm ranked 60. Why am I playing an infinite person? A person who was infinite last year. It's like, well, probably because they suck. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, yeah, it's MMR based. Infinite, yeah. Yeah. Like if they hit infinite and they have the same MMR as you do, that means they suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's what that means. I want to break <laughs> that. They suck or you're good. I want to break that down slightly because yeah, it was based off MMR. So even though the person was higher ranked than you, they technically had like a similar, I guess, cube win loss at at that yeah, point. Yeah, it that means you they did. played more than you, and then they got a little bit further. But only it, the game is saying basically they're only matching with you. They only they, when you match with an infinite player, and you're like, I'm not good. The game is saying to the other player, Hey, you suck. You just played more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now, because you can't match against those people, I think you're actually going to have a harder time to climb because you're not going to get people that are just playing around. Or you're less likely to get people that are just messing around having fun on decks because they've already hit infinite. You've just oh got people God, you've just got people sweating for the rank. Um, I had I had someone I, on the one hand that makes the reads easier, right? I had someone who was just super dead to a dark hawk. Mm-hmm. Like they were playing like a Valkyrie Thanos list. And I was like, oh, I could just play this Dark Hawk and then, then I would win, right? But I think maybe they have a Shang-Chi. That's the only reason they'd stay in this game because I'm very obviously playing a Dark Hawk deck. I just played Korg and Rock Slide, right? Mm-hmm. And the only location that matters. There's there's like one location that I'm winning because of like uh, Mr. Fantastic. So I'm like, okay, they either have a Shang-Chi or something that's going to put power in that location. So instead of playing a Doctor Doom, they just play a Valkyrie. Yeah. And it's like, why would you stay in that game? God damn! <laughs> I've uh, I've got a worse. You stay in that game. I've got a worse one from yesterday, which almost like I, I I lost my mind to be honest. I couldn't believe it. Basically, I was playing ramp. Um, the opponent had played a white queen, and then they they took my Doctor Doom. That was my only six cost card in hand at that point. I drew and Magneto. My Magneto was my number one winning play, but it could be countered, right? It, he could have had a tech card, anything like that. He get he. 
and he so basically he instead of playing whatever I forget what card it was, but he played uh he lot he played the losing play against Doctor Doom, but I didn't play Doctor Doom my best play to try to go layer two, and I played the Magneto, <laughs> and I like he literally had my Doctor Doom in his hand. I was like, are you kidding me? Um, yeah, I mean that that's oh, ladder man. for you. Stay I don't know. I really on. I really want to know because like the player that did this to me is like a really good player, mm. like a really really good player. One of the people I play a lot. It was just like, why would you stay in there? I thought, I know you're better than this. Are you, and the only thing I could come up with is he stayed in there because he thought I would outthink myself. Mm. Like, <laughs> like, he just has the read. I think you got to, uh, you know, sometimes, I think with, especially with players you might know, sometimes you just probably, you might get people when, you know, they're on the toilet, they're in line for something, they're multitasking at work. <laughs> and, you know, maybe they just, they're just not paying as much attention. They just don't really care. Um yeah, let's go to the card updates. So we did have some buffs and nerfs, which are, <laughs> these are pretty interesting. Um, I'm happy to see them, but let's get into this a lot. Shuri. So Shuri previously was a 4-2 on reveal, double the power of the next card you play. It is now a 4-2 and it says on reveal, if you play a, um, if you play a card here next turn, double its power. So it has to be in the same lane. This is a pretty significant nerf. Uh, do you think, how much did this impact what was seen as the best deck pr prior to this nerf or even now? Shuri, Red Skull. Um, and where do you think Shuri is in terms of like its spot in the meta right now? Two things. First thing, uh, people have lost to me because of this playing the Shuri deck, and I have lost playing the Shuri deck, so Same. I need to point this out. Yep. Do not play Shuri into Sinister London and then play a thing into Sinister London and expect it to get two Shuri buffs. That doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. It does not work. You get one Shuri buff because that's the location you play the Shuri on. Mm -hmm. Two, Shuri's effect happens to the location. Yep. So if you play a Shuri and then she gets moved by an Asteroid M, the original location you played the Shuri is where you need to play your card. There is no visual notification exactly. for this. Yeah. So uh, nobody's really sure why. <laughs> like it works like rescue, basically. Wherever that little thing would pop up for rescue. No matter where the rescue moves, that little thing stays there. Same with Shuri. It's also like cloak, right? Like if someone cloaks and then uh, Starlight Citadel goes off, well, the thing stays attached to the location. The cloak effect is attached to the location. All these things are attached to the location. Shuri is one of those effects. There's no visual marker for it. Please pay attention to it. <laughs> yeah. I think if there was a visual marker, her win rate would go up by like 7%. <laughs> I think it's coming as soon as like we get any other sort of update or quality of life. It, it seems like a bug in the context of how the rest of the cards work in Marvel Snap. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's no visual cue, which is it, it did leave me when, when my Shuri was moved the first couple times. I was like, uh, it's kind of a, I feel like I'm 50 50 uh, if this is if it's this location. Or yeah, that like one. I'm 50 50 I'm 50 50 against uh, the lack of like information the game is giving me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next uh, up. What, as far as Shuri the deck, though, mm. hold on, I don't, I don't want to go on that. Uh, with all these people, like, one of the things that I've noticed in, in Infinite is everyone's just, like, cutting Shang-Chi to run Super Scroll. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, well, if you're all going to cut Shang-Chi, I don't even need the Cosmo. I can just play. <laughs> like, it, uh, I, as long as Patriots don't cut Abomination, you can still lose that lane if they draw well. But, like, if they don't draw well, you are extremely liable to just run people over mm -hmm. with, like, Red Skull stuff. Yeah, so... Where do you see Shuri outside of the Shuri Red Skull deck? Um, are there any other deck lists it's fitting in right now? I want to go back and build the old leader decks. Yep. Shuri Vision. But now 
I don't really see the incentive. Old new leader is not that good of a card. Yeah. I, I think that's my big takeaway is like, man, this new leader thing outside of specifically Sandman is not that good of a card outside of specifically wave is not that good of a card because like the it, it's 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 yeah it's it's only copying one thing and it's no longer like these this big you no longer get to do the vision math which is i'm gonna move this vision to where it beats your thing and now i'm up on two lanes and i play a leader and i literally cannot lose you no longer get to checkmate people like that you have to like go through a lot more work and so mm -hmm. it makes me feel like there's not really a place for shuri outside of that uh shuri in move was something i saw before mm -hmm. the uh season rotated but that's still move which is to say it's very good if you're good at the game and you draw the right stuff early but if you just don't draw the right stuff early in a move deck it's just like oh my god what did i even do here <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a deck that it's almost a combo deck mm -hmm. i would say it's good in galactus with nimrod and uh doc ock I'm surprised you like my build. You're like the only person who likes my build. I do. Yeah, uh, I do like to build. I might have swapped out a single card, but yeah, I, I, we'll we'll get into it. We'll I get love into it. it. It's yeah. like I love that build so much. It's yeah. just like it's so. I think there's diminished, like not a ton of returns on it right now. When like not against Patriot. The, <laughs> well, it's more like the time at which you would want to play that Galactus build is when people are not prepared for Galactus, mm -hmm. right? And right now, people are still relatively unprepared for Galactus compared to, like, I made that build for when Arrow was in every deck. Mm -hmm. That was what that Galactus build is built for. It's built for uh, your opponent, you're going to wave, and they're going to play Arrow, but what you actually played was, like, Shuri and Nimrod, and then they fucking die because they already blew their Arrow. Yeah. Like, that's what, it's that's what it's built for. Yeah, Electro, Shuri, Destroyer, Taskmaster. Like, the, honestly, we'll, we'll get into it, but that list, uh, I think it doesn't play Galactus more than it plays Galactus, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of, like, Shuri, Destroyer, Taskmaster games. Yeah. Uh, okay, next one. Leech. Leech was previously a 5-3, and it said, on reveal, move all... Uh, move the abilities from all cards in your opponent's hand. It is now still a 5-3, but it says, at the start of turn 6, move all abilities from cards in your opponent's hand. Um, I mean, so this mostly affects you ramping out Leech on Obviously, before turn five, that's pretty much the only thing this nerf hits. Cam, do you think that this is relevant enough to make Leech potentially like a bad card? Like, how many uh, no. how many equity points? It's did still Leech a good lose? card. Yeah, it's still a good card. It's just no longer a cheaty one. Mm -hmm. Okay, Leech is now fair. It's a fair control tool. Yeah. Okay, on to Lockjaw. Lockjaw, previously a 3-2. After you play a card here, swap it with a card in your deck. It is still a 3-2, and it says after you play a card here, swap with a card in your deck only once per turn. What do you think? I, the first season, I hit like rank 400, 500 or something, right? Mm -hmm. I was like third or fourth on the leaderboards. And that was the only season they did leaderboards. I don't know why they stopped doing that. Uh, but I, they, they had all the top 10 fill out a little questionnaire about, you know, cards we liked, cards we thought should get nerfed, cards we thought should get buffed. One of the major cards I called out that everyone called me an idiot for was Lockjaw. I was like, look, I don't know when it's going to happen, but fundamentally getting stuff for free like this is something that will end up being broken in a card game. Mm -hmm. You will end up having to nerf this card. Yeah. And now almost a year later, I am correct. Like they did end up having to nerf Lockjaw 
I like that's just how this goes. Like it, the the card fundamentally converting one into twelve is not something that is ever going to be used in a fair or balanced way. It might be used in bad ways, right? Like if you think about like the uh, the normie lockjaw deck, that deck didn't deserve a nerf, but that's because it sucked. But like it's not like lockjaw is doing fair stuff in that deck either. It's yeah. only balanced by virtue of the fact that you don't always do the stuff. Yep. Like that's that's like that's like a bad way to do the thing is like when you're when you're balanced by virtue of the fact that sometimes you you don't pop off. That's in the indicative of like, well, what happens when they get to a point where the deck actually does pop off all the time? And that's what Thanos Lockjaw did, right? Like, it's just like th those kind of cards. Like, if you look at a, I think a good example of this would be Mr. Negative. Because Mr. Negative, it's not like what happens if you don't pop off, right? Like, you're not balanced by not popping off. Sometimes even when you draw Mr. Negative, you still don't get to do the thing. Like, it's not dependent on just drawing one card. It's dependent on, like, a bunch of different factors. With Lockjaw, it's like, yeah, you drew Lockjaw on Wasp, you're probably popping off here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that... There's the no way to make that fair. I think the original design of Lockjaw was a trade. Well, yeah, it was. They pro obviously they knew it was powerful and they knew that you'd put big fatties in your deck. But they're like, okay, we're going to trade this off with variance and inconsistency. But Thanos gave that deck the consistency it needed to kind of, you know, consistently hit Lockjaw and effectively do it for free, like you said. Um, so, yep, you're right. It has it has been nerfed. How, do you think the how significant do you think this nerf is in terms of its power? I think you could argue it's a little bit of a buff. Honestly. It's just, it's it's a nerf to the unfair parts of the card, but, like, for example, if you want to roll and then also put a unit there, you can do that now. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't actually know that Lockjaw Thanos is bad now. It just needs to, like, the issue that Lockjaw Thanos has is it needs to refocus around five-cost cards, right? Because now you want to do one plus five on the final turns of the game, right? You want to do, you want to do uh, a time stone into a five-cost. You want to do a five plus one on turn six. So you need to refocus around five cost cards. And when you end up refocusing around five cost cards, one of the things that really pops up is a lot of ongoings. And so you get like the Lambie series Thanos video, uh, Thanos build, which you'll see in my video. But when you run a lot of ongoings, you get crushed by Super Scroll. And so like that's the awkward spot that Thanos is in right now. I almost want to go back to the drawing board and play it with absolutely no ongoings. Put like every five cost card that I like that doesn't have the word ongoing on it in the deck and then just be like, fine, I'll play stats. <laughs> I'll play I'll play Black Bolt and Stature. I'll play like just whatever it is that doesn't get counter carded, right? Mm -hmm. Because now I feel like the deck is much more vulnerable to not just Super Scroll, Enchantress, Shang-Chi, Right, like you're gonna wanna, you're gonna. I, I want to play a version of Thanos that's immune from all of that and just lock jaws people. That's what I want to do. I haven't put it together, but it's what I want to do. <laughs> all right, next up, a change to America Chavez. Um, yeah, it used to be a six nine. Said you always draw this card in turn six and not before. Now it says starts. It's still a six nine. It says starts on the bottom of your deck. Draw this on turn six. How do you feel about this change? Good. Good. Someone asked me earlier, like, how would decks with Iron Lad ever want to run America Chavez? It's like, oh man, that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's uh, that's really bad. Yeah, does she count as being on top of the deck? I have no idea. Uh, so making her do the same thing, but always be on the bottom, is great for you know future unreleased cards that affect the top of the deck. Yeah. Um, yeah, quick tangent. I was looking at some of those data mined unreleased cards. There is some wild card design coming to this game with Well, hold on. 
Mm-hmm. I want to I I stop you there. Data mine unreleased cards, I don't give a shit about that. The ones that are confirmed to confirmed. be coming up in May and June, that one mm. I care about. Because, okay. like, there are a bunch of people, like, like I see people farming Twitter engagement off Mephisto all the time. Mm. And it's like, that card's not coming out. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a card, like, like I, I see people farm like, there are two cards that I see people farming Twitter engagement off is uh, Mephisto and Black Knight. Black Knight, Black Knight is the one, two, that when it dies, it draw a card. Okay. Which like is just it's, it's it's like it's just kind of an outrageous card. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying it can't come out or it will never come out, but I wouldn't expect them to be released in the forms that they're currently in. And they come from the same data mine where there was a War Machine card that had exactly old Kazar's text, uh, four or five Kazar text. It's like these are clearly not cards that are intended to be released. And then like every every month, someone will be like, "When are they going to release Black Knight?" Or like, "When are they going to release Mephisto?" And it's like. I don't think they ever are. I don't know, man. I'm sorry. Is the um? I can't remember the name of the card, but is it confirmed? It's uh, I think it's a one drop. I think it's one one a one one where you can tap it and see the top of your deck. Howard, Howard the How, Duck. Is he confirmed? Yeah. Okay, that's. I think that's that's pretty cool design. We'll see. Um. Anyway, on to Jubilee. Jubilee was a four one said on reveal add a card from your deck to this location, and now it says on reveal add the top card of your deck to this location. Does this change anything right now, or is this more kind of a later thing? No, it's 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 just an a uh, 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 changed version of their original solution. So for those who aren't aware, America Chavez used to always be on the top of your deck, and Jubilee used to always pull the top card. Mm-hmm. So what would happen is you would just free roll America Chavez and then play her for four on Jubilee like seventy percent of the time. So you would you would just sort of get to do that for free. You have your little deck thinning and you pay no cost for it because not only are you not drawing America Chavez on six, you're getting her on the board for free with your Jubilee. It was very not fair. So they fixed that by changing Jubilee to her current form. And now they're like, okay, well, our fix interferes with the Iron Lad Howard the Duck type deck. So let's do a different fix that doesn't interfere with that. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a two part change. Yep. All right. On to the the last or kind of the finale here. Leader. Leader was previously a six seven. Said on reveal copy all cards your opponent played to the location right of here, but on your side. And now it is a six two, and it says on reveal copy the enemy card <laughs> with the highest power played this turn, but on your side. Is this thing on? Yep. I'm on a heater. Oh, God. Yeah, our audio engineer is going to have fun with that. But yeah, <laughs> leader, leader, leader is bad. Like leader, I think previous uh, prior to this change was pretty much not playable like at all, and now it is playable. But like you said, it's not the leader of old. I'm glad that it's not. It was a deck like the Sandman stuff really scared me on day one. Uh, I'm glad it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad Patriot exists to give Sandman the middle finger. Yeah, it's funny to see. Yeah, it is funny to see leader come back and to see a lot of Patriot, or at least I've been seeing a lot of Patriot on ladder. Maybe I don't know if that is as a result, but uh, yeah, kind of <laughs> uh, reminiscing on it's old not- play patterns nowadays. It's not a result of leader. It's a result of Sandman, right? Like, like when you talk, like, I think of Sandman as still like the format cop. Okay. It defines the contours of the format, right? Patriot right now is good because it can afford to play Super Scroll because there's a bunch of air in the deck. Like you, you have like just three slots in any Patriot deck. You can play whatever card you want to play mm-hmm. in, basically. 
You can afford to play Super Scroll, and if you snap smart, you can just beat Sandman by playing the cards Patriot, Mystique, any other card, and Ultron, right? Like, you don't need to play any amount of cards per turn to have more power on the board than the Sandman player. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much it. You go like Patriot, Mystique, Abomination, Ultron, they die. Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 the issue that Sandman has is that any deck that can rely on synergy, specifically synergy that doesn't involve playing multiple cards per turn. So like you look at Death Wave or whatever, you look at Doom Wave or whatever. Those are decks that still have issues with Sandman because they're built around playing a turn five or a turn six with heavy power, right? Mm-hmm. Multiple cards per turn. I'm playing Death plus Wave. I'm playing She-Hulk plus Doctor Doom, right? You can't do that if you if their opponent has a Sandman on the board. So, like, these are the things that, like, these, these define the contours of the format right now. Mm. If Patriot picks up in play and Sandman starts downshifting, suddenly the format will open up a lot more, I think. Because in terms of actually beating Patriot, I think it's harder than you think. I mean, I, everyone knows I've been an advocate for, like, these gunny, the gunny Patriot deck, mm-hmm. right? Which is basically... I don't want to say it's the same deck Moyen was playing, but it's like pretty much the same deck Moyen was playing. It's like a, there's a little bit of different tech and that it's it's the it's the same deck just adapted to a new metagame. And that's that's good. Like it's good. It's a good deck. I have a ton of faith in it. I, one thing that I would be worried about is perhaps Shuri coming back. Mm. Uh, that seems like a really good way to make your super scroll completely worthless. Yeah. <laughs> like, I haven't really fully thought that out. Shuri coming back, some kind of Thanos deck that actually cheats hard enough to beat you. Things like that seem like plausible to me. But as long as that Thanos deck is not ongoing, that's the issue. Yeah. Do you think the like uh the Thana the non-lockjaw Thanos deck has any potential. Uh the one that I guess it also kind of ran Carnage and some destroy in it as well. Do you think that deck has the possibility to come back? It's it's a fundamentally lower power level. Yeah. Is sort of the issue. And I think to, to combat this Patriot deck, my instinct, this is my instinct every time. This is just the kind of player I am. I've realized it, right? Instead of trying to stop them from doing their thing, my instinct in Marvel Snap is always just to do a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Like, it's like how I was playing Gunny Patriot when people were playing Shuri, right? My instinct is I'm going to go bigger in this lane and I'm going to win eight cubes because you think I can't do that. Yeah. That's just how I play these games. And that, like, it's, it's what I consider the best way to actually surprise good players because a good player is not going to be surprised by an enchantress. A good player is going to play a Cosmo there. A good player is going to split their buffs, right? Like they're not actually going to be surprised by you enchantressing something. Yeah. That said, I'm like a little interested in like a Sarah deck in the Patriot matchup, mm-hmm. like just a, a classic teched out Sarah deck with hit monkey now to provide a big, a large amount of power on the final turn that otherwise would have been harder for you to acquire like a final turn. I don't know. Enchantress, Hitmonkey, Mysterio, another two drop, Lizard probably. Like that, that's that's mm. something. You're doing something there, I feel like. It's just that you are not a deck when you play against Sandman. Yeah, not to waffle on too long, but what do you think about uh Zabu in the Sarah decks? Do you think that that is a possibility? I mean, discounting your Shang-Chi as part of your tech package and you can add in Dark Hawk and it- stuff like that. I'm not sure you need it right now. If Hitmonkey is strong enough, you don't. Okay. 
If Hitmonkey is strong, the reason we'd run Darkhawk is because we want numbers. Mm -hmm. That's the point of the Darkhawk in the deck. But I mean, we could also say because we want disruption. Because you could, I, I'm a big Gorgrox like guy. Even outside of Darkhawk, I love, I love those cards. I've loved them forever. But I think if Hitmonkey is big enough numbers wise to threaten a lane reasonably, while you also get to Enchantress, say one Patriot or one Mystique because they split them up, right? That's not nothing. Mm. Or like if they just have priority, if they just have priority when you played the Patriot, which they probably do because Patriot doesn't play a lot, they just Enchantress the Patriot right there. And then you can't Mystique it. And if you did Mystique it, that's game losing because it's going to get nothing. Yeah. Like just, just the ability to do that, I think, like, Patriot is more vulnerable than people think it is because of the way it's currently built to deploy the Patriot, the Mystique, the buffs on the board early. And you often, if you're doing that, do not have the ability to protect them because your Cosmo also costs three. And so you, you end up with some play patterns that are very easily exploitable. The issue is the decks that would exploit it absolutely get demolished by Sandman. The best deck to play Enchantress in is going to be Sarah, and that gets crushed by Sandman. Yeah, it gets taken to the cleaners. You don't. You don't even get. You're not even a real deck in that matchup. You just die. And so you also. You also. <laughs> another note. You kind of also get crushed by Galactus in a lot of Sarah lists. <laughs> like you have like maybe a Cosmo or like a Polaris to try to fifty fifty it, but it ain't. It ain't fun. Yeah. And you can't really play your own debris because there's the Patriots running around and they'll just be like, thanks for the rocks, bro. Like, it's it's a weird, it's a weird, weird situation here. I I, I, I do think that one thing that would make the metagame way better is deleting Sandman, but it's too early for me to honestly be, be sure about that. I just think that, like, when you look at this, the metagame is very much defined by Sandman. Mm -hmm. Patriot is good because it beats Sandman. It's also good because it's a reasonable deck that can include tech cards to adapt to different metas, right? That's that's good, right? The things that beat Patriot are either going to be things that go bigger. But how are we going to make a thing that goes bigger than Patriot under the constraints of also beating Sandman? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty hard to <laughs> to satisfy that clause when. Yeah, the Patriot, the Patriot draw. I mean, just at least like just Patriot Mystique into whatever top end they're playing is is really tough to beat that power. I think just like you know, period. But you add in the other restrictions in the meta, and it, it makes it even harder. Um, well, let's go ahead and head into the bend and snap section, which is not a question this week. It is a snapshot bingo card that was submitted by oh god, Kicker of Elves, yeah. <laughs> So, I can't wait to see Percolate on here. It's close. It percolate? It's close. Nope, it's close. Percolate's not. Let's go. All right, so this is the bingo, the bingo card. Or I'm the, literally touching my hair right now. I want to die. Or the every time you hear this, you drink per episode, which don't do that because you wouldn't survive. Um, so, a, des a discussion of bots in Marvel Snap. Cam says he's mm -hmm. a truther of a card. Reference to mm -hmm. Den playing a lot of Thanos Bounce. Brendan True. mispronounces the name of a card or streamer. You skipped one. <laughs> False. Cam interrupts Brendan. There uh, you go. Yep. Uh, Cam touches his hair. 
disagreements on Second Dinner being genuine about their unique collection philosophy, reference to pop culture from the early mid 2000s. I mean, what do you expect from us? <laughs> That's we grew up the world. Um, Flesh and Blood TCG is mentioned. Cam uses a four letter word as made fun of it. I feel like you use like 12 letter words and get made fun yeah, of I it. Yeah, like, I feel like he meant like four syllable words. Four syllable, yeah. That's probably percolate. Close. Yeah, that's three. Thank uh, wow, I'm so impressed with you. You can count the syllables in a word. Wow. That's my thing. Um, an enjoyable, yeah. and then the final one, an enjoyable and valuable discussion of Marvel Snap that helps me get better at the game. This one happens every week. Thanks, Kicker, okay. for the nice words. And please don't <laughs> please don't play that as a drinking game. Because yeah. Are we sure? <laughs> that's that's sorry, how you I'm get... trying to think of a four-syllable word. You gotta give me a second. I can't respond to that with a four-syllable word without racking my brains for it. <laughs> it's a tough one. Um no. anyway, if you want to get your question right out in the pod for the Bendis app section, shoot us a, a comment on YouTube. We'll get it queued up. On to the main topic, KM, which is which is just gonna be lists. So the first one I'm going to pop up here is hold on, hold on hold on before we jump into the main topic mm -hmm. i want to i want to point this out uh someone asked you about this on twitter mm -hmm. uh, you make fun of me for words right you make fun of me you make fun of me for words i i i noticed some things about about the way you you say words on twitter mm -hmm. uh someone asked you about my list that you posted you're like it's been doing really well they're like hey do you think you could cut this and you were like defiantly instead of saying definitely <laughs> so that is and not then you said shang chi but you said Shang Chi, but spelled it with an E, and I'm calling you out because I was gonna I was gonna forget about this. But on our notes right here, yeah, mm. uh, in the ramp thing, it says Jeff replaced with Jubilee, but Jubilee is misspelled <laughs> too. I'm calling you out. Um, it's it's just the the European version of spelling Jubilee. No, so <laughs> Jubilee <laughs> definitely Defiantly was definitely just an autocorrect on my phone. But uh, yeah, I'll have to admit, you know. I just, I got to focus sometimes to get some of these words out. <laughs> I, <got, laughs> I was kind of wondering if you like used, uh, it's not on purpose. Uh, honestly, what I thought was like, maybe he's using voice to text. <laughs> voice, let's, <laughs> let's go with that. How about that? I write, I wrote the notes in voice to text. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. I was like de defiantly. What the, fuck you know, it's, you know, it's funny about these notes. Cause you, not only did you bring the Twitter thing, which you, you saw it and you're like, okay, I'm going to bring this up, but I, I was, but then I forgot about it until yeah, Jubilee. Exactly. So then dynamically, you pick up on the notes, which is Jubilee. I I swear on my life that I wrote that. I and It has a red squiggly line under it, by the way. And I was like, that's spelled incorrectly. <laughs> and Cam might make fun of me for it, but fuck it. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not retyping <laughs> it. <laughs> I seriously thought that. <laughs> it's like, I'm not retyping it. Oh my that. God. We, we produce such a high level product. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> On to the list. First one. Uh, first one here is pay to win Galak. Let me switch that over on here. I think this. Yep. So pay to win Galak. This is uh, Yandu, Wolverine, Electro, Wave, Shuri, Taskmaster, Nimrod, Doc Ock, Null, Galactus, Destroyer, Death. Cam, I took this list from you. Yes. What are your thoughts on it in I general? Ended up, I ended up cutting Yandu for daredevil mm -hmm. i'll tell you what i'm really not sure about is the death i kind of want to cut death too i just don't have any better ideas for what i could run instead maybe just like a psylocke with i'm not playing america chavez i could just run a psylocke as my extra ramp card that seems plausible to me mm -hmm. uh so like like I, I i think that would be where my head was at with this because the death is 
cool, but like without Yondu, I mean, it's not like she's going to get played and it's not like she's going to get played if you don't Galactus anyway. And so I'd rather just make the Galactus stuff better and then just try to catch people off guard. The issue is when I previously played this list, having the third ramp was just like often superfluous. I just don't know if it's going to be as superfluous as the death. Mm. What we're really missing is like another disruptive five uh, that used to be Leech, but now for obvious reasons, it can't be. It used to be Hobgoblin, but now you can't Shuri a Hobgoblin and have it actually make sense. So it, it's it's uh, not great in that sense. I wish I had a better idea of what those two slots should be. They're the biggest uh, mm-hmm. in, in the Nimrod Galactus list. Those are the two slots I'm the least sure of. And uh, I, I, I uh, currently, I think in my video, I show I showcase this list, but the list I recommend is a much more straightforward Galactus video because I don't think people I still don't think people are prepared for it to the mm-hmm. point that you need to do this Nimrod stuff. Yeah, so I do think that death is <clears throat> the worst card in the list because it is a bit win more with like you being able to destroy enough cards for death to actually be economical. Past that, death also gets absolutely hosed by Sandman, which is pretty common um you know if you are going with more of a destroyer you know on your nimrod and wolverine and potentially you have enough to actually discount to play death next thing you know there's a sandman on the board and you can't actually take advantage of it so death is probably would be my swap as well if we're talking about tech five drops in galactus i probably would play kang but you know kang is a card that people are split on if it's yeah it could you know you could just see it as a wasted slot you know you can also play shang uh shang chi right so if you play galactus you don't have priority you can um, you know, often if you can predict your opponent's archetype, you can play the Shang-Chi in that lane and, you know, blow up whatever your opponent is playing to try to counter your point slam. Um, but yeah, other than that, one thing I want to mention about this deck is that it doesn't play Galactus that often. It you is don't all, have to. Yep. No, so this, this deck uh, does a lot of like, you know, Shuri, Nimrod, Destroyer, Shuri, uh, Electro, Shuri, Destroyer, Taskmaster. Like it attacks from a lo- many angles. And when you do Galactus, Null is quite good, but um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, Galactus early, then Null, it's it's a pretty strong play if your opponent isn't prepared for it, if there's a lot of Shang-Chi in the meta, or, you know, the leader kind of makes things a bit, uh, not gonna lie, um, but, you know, it's a good list. You know what else makes things a little bit, uh? huh? Super scroll. Super scroll. Yeah, it's... It has two. So if they have anything there... It has two power, so it's stronger than your null. It's stronger than your null. But how often do people... I mean, I guess... So the issue with Galactus, right, is that Galactus plays maybe two turns. I would I would argue even at this point, one turn. But Deathwave is making a comeback. Um, and you know pretty much what archetype they're on. So if you are playing Patriot, yeah, you just save the Super Scroll. And, uh, well, you would yeah. technically... If you only played Super Scroll, you would tie that lane because it would... Yeah, but like nobody, nobody like if you but like nobody, nobody does this yet. And it's something that occurred to me basically yesterday. And it's one of the reasons I actually put Super Scroll into a couple Mm -hmm. other decks where it's like, hey, wait, I'm about to scam some Galactus players out of eight cubes Mm -hmm. because there's no way they don't like boomer snap those situations. Like you have to snap like what the the biggest weakness of Galactus is like they have to snap aggressively or they never climb. And so if you have something that can flip, this is again, we're back to my like flip winning situations. That is how you acquire cubes, right? You don't have to be the best player. You just have to make them think that they're winning and then have them lose. And one way to do that, that I don't think a lot of people are accounting for is super scrolling a null. (laughs) Like that's like just no one thinks about that yet. Yet. Soon everyone will know about it and there'd be no value in doing this at all. But like 
no one considers it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's that is part of Galactus is when your deck is doing the thing, which is like if you're Galactus nulling and your nulls like forty power. Um, yeah, you're probably going to snap. If you're not snapping, why are you playing this deck? <laughs> so if someone's super scrolling yes. you, yeah, it's, uh, it's not great. Um, I would it's say a this, bad time. this deck is definitely meta dependent. It is, of course, fragile with the right deck cards. Um, always has been, yep. always will be, even if you do, you know, put Destroyer in there and you do have things like, you know, Shuri Doc Ock, Taskmaster, even try to juice people with that. The deck is still fundamentally fragile, uh, but it's a fun one to play. Anyway, next up is Ramp. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of versions of ramp that are going around. And Cam, I actually forgot to talk about this in the news, but what do you, let's talk about Jeff, the two three that can be moved anywhere outside of constraints and can be moved That's once. Fine. Yeah. A lot of people I don't have, know. <laughs> it seems like people a lot of people picked up Jeff because of its interaction with Ebony Maw. Um, and the ability to move to that lane. Um, it just seems like a series five card that you know was actually purchased by people. Anyway, when we're talking about the ramp list, I think a lot of people picked up Jeff because he's cute. He is cute though. He is adorable. I think I think that was the driving factor behind Jeff. People were like, "All right, this card might be good, but also he's cute." Yeah. So I'm about about to go over the list. Just keep in mind you don't need Jeff whatsoever. Uh, yeah, ramp. This is a. One list that we have Iceman, Ebony Maw, Jeff, Lizard, Electro, Wave, Sandman, Arrow, Leader, Doctor Doom, Odin, Magneto. You'll see a lot of variations of ramp on Twitter or on ladder. But yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the most powerful or the most popular archetypes right now. Would you agree or do you think that Patriot has eclipsed it? Uh, I mean, I think this is still one of the most popular archetypes. It might be a week behind, and mm-hmm. I'm not really sure how to make it get to a week ahead. Yeah. But uh, I'm definitely I'm definitely interested in seeing where it goes. One thing I am noticing about the list you posted, though, there's no Arnim Zola in it. And I think that's a mistake. Yeah. So uh, that Moyen's list has that uh, for sure. Um, yeah. The Arnim Zola is a is a tech card. And I think you add that over Odin. Right. That tends to be. I have it over Odin right now, but I'm also running Captain Marvel. I got my list from KJB. I'm not running a second two drop. It's just Jeff in the two drop slots. Uh, and the reason that Jeff is there, like between Jeff, Captain Marvel, Dr. Doom, Arnim Zola, this is the deck that is most able to completely ignore that Ebony Maw even has a downside. Mm. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll also put in the notes here, you can maybe replace uh, like the Jeff with like a Jubilee potentially on the on the four slot. But anyway, let's head into the third deck here, which is Bounce Hulk. I snagged this list from you. So I'm just going to let you talk about it because honestly, I haven't played it yet, but it does look very powerful. I still love it. Yeah. I still love this list. I, lose I to don't it a lot. know. You lose to Sandman so horribly, but you kind of beat everything else. Yeah. But like you have just these awful matchups into Sandman and Galactus. It has a similar matchup profile, I think, probably to Sarah. Mm-hmm. It's just that it goes so much bigger when it does the thing. Like it where Sarah is trying to win through tech, this deck is trying to win through power. And it's just like, look, I'm gonna be bigger than you on two of these lanes. And it's usually correct about that. Like, this is a deck that I think, like, you know, God forbid that like Sandman leaves the meta, you swap Shang Chi for Enchantress, and I'm pretty sure it has a, a positive Patriot matchup, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a very powerful thing to be doing. It's strong. It has, it puts, uh, I'm going to quote, I'm going to be, first of all, I'm going to be extremely white here with the following sentence that I'm going to say. I'm going to quote one of my favorite rappers of all time. I put numbers on the boards. 
That's what this deck does. <laughs> Wait, it that, puts that, numbers. Who's your favorite on the rapper? Balls. That was Pusha T. Pusha T. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For a second, I was like, I was like, is that is that is that D Money's rap or something? Because I think D no. Money does does no. a few raps. No, I put numbers on the boards. Yeah, numbers on the boards. Ballers. All right. I mean, I put numbers on the board. This deck's ability to point slam is disgusting. I also think that if you're climbing and you're able to play this deck, you're going to beat a lot of people because this this deck doesn't forecast a ton of power on turn five, and then just absolutely it explodes onto the board on turn six like i think people Don't have a hard reached, time though yeah yeah i think you're more worried about getting do you think that i think sandman is more prevalent that that yeah that's probably going to be more your kryptonite than leech but if you get leech yeah not great <laughs> sandman is more prevalent but easier to understand mm -hmm. right like you have you, you you there are games you can keep playing against the sandman and you there aren't many but the ones that you are you can win mm -hmm. where you just like go you know uh Play some stuff early, play a demon, soak with a sunspot, play an America Chavez. I guess that probably works a lot less now that they have leader, but they have to be smart enough to play leader. I don't know. It's an interesting spot. Mm. All right. It's um, not unwinnable. Yeah. Next up is uh, Patriot List. This is Moyen's list. I think it was a group of players, but you know, I snagged it from Moyen. Um, that's going to be Wasp, Squirrel Girl, uh, Misty Knight, Shocker, Mystique, Patriot, Cosmo, Debris, Super Scroll, Blue Marvel, Abomination, Ultron, Cam. If you talked about the la uh, the ramp list being a week behind, I think that this Patriot list is a week ahead, at least until the other Patriot lists yeah, also agreed. start adding in Super Scroll because you, I, I'm running into a lot of Patriot on ladder, and if you have Super Scroll and the opponent does not, oh my yeah. god, it is good. I played a Patriot mirror on ladder against a former Hearthstone Grandmaster. Both of us played a Super Scroll on four. Neither of us played any buffs the entire game. Yeah, <laughs> you're priced into We played that. a Patriot mirror... Where the only things we actually did were playing like literally Abomination and Wasp and Ultron. <laughs> that was the whole game. And I won that mirror because I had more early game cards than him. That mm -hmm. was it. I had like Misty Knight and Shocker and he skipped turn one and two. And then the game ended. That's yeah. it. That's what happened. Because neither of us could play any of the other cards that actually do anything. Because we both played Super Scroll on four. So it was like I had Misty Knight and Shocker and Abomination, and that's what won me the game. It was like I was rank one. Yeah. It was incredible. It's tough too, because if you're in the Patriot mirror and you don't know if your opponent has a super scroll, you're probably still gonna deploy your Patriot on curve if you can, and then your opponent super scrolls on turn four. And yeah, you're at a bad spot. <laughs> a bad spot. <laughs> um but yeah. This week for us is, is uh, or sorry, this list is a week ahead for us. The next up is Darkhawk Dino. This is kind of like your, your mid-range list. I think this, this I love is... love this crap. Why am great. I addicted to just playing like mid-ass decks? Dude, this like... deck, this deck, I like this deck too, because this deck, this deck reminds me of decks I've been playing for a long time now. But when I play this deck, I just feel like I... I no other deck on this list do I feel like I just consistently lose. And that's how I would describe my experience is I just lost. Like, I just couldn't win. Like, I didn't have enough points. Like, I just got outvalued. Like, this deck just seems like it's... It can... like it, it, It's a strong deck. It can win. It's powerful. But it doesn't feel like it's competing with the, the sort of tier one decks I see on ladder right now. It's in every game, but I don't know how many of those games it's winning, but I love it. I love being in every game. I love having that. Yeah. I love it so much. So do I. All right. Last one here is Death Wave 2023. This is just the Death Wave deck from the, the tournament. This is the, the winner's list. Um, it is... Oh, sorry. I didn't 
I got to go back to the Darkhawk list because we didn't read it out for the audio listeners. The Darkhawk list is Korg, Quinjet, Zabu, Sentinel, Mystique, Cosmo, Darkhawk, Shang-Chi, Rockslide, White Queen, Devil Dinosaur, Leader. On to Death Wave. Death Wave, um, Hood, Squirrel Girl, Yondu, Bucky Barnes, Carnage, Killmonger, Wave, Deathlock, Shang-Chi, Arrow, She-Hulk, Death. I mean, that is the most quintessential Death Wave deck I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, that is that is, that is is what that deck is. Um, I haven't seen it on ladder cams. I haven't played I it, have. but I wanted to honorable mention it because it did win. Uh, you know, I, I want to talk about Death Wave. Go for it. I want to talk about Death Wave. Okay. Uh... Upsides of Death Wave. There are far fewer decks playing for priority. There are far fewer decks playing armor. So if you play smart, you don't get your shit armor cosmode all the time. That's really good. What's really bad is that... Uh, I, I don't know exactly when everyone decided it was okay to play this deck again. But as someone who never cut Leech from my Patriot deck, this is the freest matchup I've ever played in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I played it on ladder a couple times yesterday. And it was like, there was one game where my opponent went off, did everything, played the wave, snapped, played She-Hulk Death, and I still won the game. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> like, that you did everything you wanted to that game, and I didn't even play Leech, and I still won. And I could have played Leech. And the next time I played that person, I just, like, snapped on turn three, and they left. And it's like, that. yeah, that's kind of how I... I envision the matchup going where it's like, okay, the best thing this deck can do, and I think the the, the games where it really puts a threat on you is when it gets to do Bucky into Carnage, mm-hmm. because that's just a big number of points. Yep. Bucky into Carnage will get you a lot of places, right? But uh, the games when they don't Bucky Carnage, this deck is the mopiest deck of all time. Do you think this deck gets I'm out- very impressed with the play of, of, I don't know how to pronounce their name, the mm. person who beat Moyen in the finals of Exploria, because I don't think this deck is very good. And I think the Patriot deck is favored in the heads up. And so to win an unfavored matchup is very impressive to me. Do you think this deck loses to point slam against the bounce deck? If the bounce deck is able to manipulate priority in a way to not die to uh, Killmonger? Well, it dies to wave. Okay. So the wave tax on top of that is going to make, have this, have a good matchup. Yeah, Killmonger and Wave are not cards that you want to <laughs> see. <laughs> generally, like you can try to get around it. I'm assuming you mean like the bounce deck, like the the She Hulk one. Mm-hmm. Or you mean like the bounce deck? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So like the She Hulk one is like a little more able to play through Wave, but not enough, I think. And the the straight up bounce deck just folds. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering because Death Wave is a bit more of a points on board kind of deck. And if it's losing to another popular points on board deck that is less fragile, I think than death wave, then, you know, maybe it's not the deck, but I'm interested to see more. I on- love this deck. I really do. There's not I'm, a lot of I'm armor like, in the meta, you know, there right, used to be like, armor I, in every a, list. I love death wave. I want to see if I can fit Iceman and maybe enchantress in here. I don't know if that's a little too greedy, but like, that's, 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 I love doing that. Yeah, like I love playing Death Wave. Can definitely add Iceman over Squirrel Girl, right? Like that's the easy one. I don't know. Like it sort of depends on how your what your view on Squirrel Girl is. I think Squirrel Girl is best suited when you like absolutely need priority. I'm not sure how true that is anymore. Less armor in the meta, but if there's a bunch of Cosmo coming around, you know, it might be important so you can you can get your 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 stuff on board. I uh, I don't know. 
if you don't have priority and everyone's playing Cosmo and you play a Bucky on two and they snap you, you just kind of have to leave. And yeah. so like the squirrel girl being in all three lanes early does help you there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so those are going to be our, <laughs> our top five, which is actually six lists. Uh, Cam, any honorable mentions or any other list that you would want to point out that are currently sort of floating around? Uh, I just, I, I actually, by the time this podcast comes out, my video will be out covering 12 lists, 12 double. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got, well, it's, it's really eight, but like I have my, like, but I have like the default list and then I have like my twist on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So check that out. It's cam best in a snap, which is, I think it's one of the best YouTube games I've ever. <laughs> I don't know why I love it. Um, last thing I want to ask you, Cam, before we close out, how, what do you think of the, the, now we're a couple weeks into it, the OTA changes on top of the past changes, are you enjoying sort of the, uh, I don't know, the change up, the sort of frequency of content? Has it been a good experience for you? Do you think they've been executing it in a, in a positive way? Yeah, yeah. I'm happy. Same. I want them to fix ladder a little bit more, but I'm happy. Yeah. Which is crazy because I think the, la- if we took the ladder experience that we had a week ago as 0%, I think they've taken it 90 like, I think they went 90%. You know, they did, like, a huge jump. But we just need a little bit of a tweak, right? I don't know if it's 90. 80? 70? I think it's, like, 70. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But thank God they did it because I was starting to wonder. I was like, is this ever going to happen? Um, yeah. We did have a review come in. This is from Crossout26. Crossout says, I went back and listened to all the episodes and now listen uh, every week along with my other Snap podcast. Cam has great knowledge and explains himself in a way that's easy to understand. Brendan is also a great host and asks questions that really get us good info. Love the guests. Love the insight from across the creator community. Keep up the good work, Joe. Appreciate the kind review, Joe. And if you want to get your review read out on the podcast, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash snapshot. It really helps. It is by far the best contribution you can make to us if you do enjoy listening to the podcast every week cam and i are on twitter cam is at cam best ms i'm at brendan apg again cam's youtube is cam best in a snap go check out the top 12 decks uh there and then finally cam you are streaming i think you're streaming today which is sunday when we record but what's what's your Mm -hmm. schedule and sort of what are your plans i'm investigating sunday streams we're going to be doing a couple more of those in the future I, uh, I'm interested in figuring out where that goes. That means I need to figure out a, a day off in the middle of the week. I don't know what day that will be. Maybe it'll just be Monday. Who knows? But uh, I'm definitely investigating Sunday streams, so I will see how that goes uh, 6 p.m. Eastern every day. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week.